Welcome to the Creative Analytics channel, where we deep dive on topics like mindset, marketing, strategy, and operations to help founders win in business. Ideation is important in scaling your business because you need to constantly be thinking of ways to scale and how to make your scaling strategy come alive. There's a few ways you can do this. One way is brainstorming. And that means when you collaborate with other people in your organization or other people who you respect and admire who may already have been successful in your industry or in business in general, and, and get their feedback on specifics or specific ways that you can transform processes or different parts of your operations to grow and scale. Another tip for ideation is to make ideation a part of your day-to-day -day life. I ideate constantly, even outside of creating ideas to scale creative analytics. I'm constantly looking for ideas of how to make money or how to take a process or an experience that I'm having in some other industry or just in my day to day, how I could make it better and potentially make money by doing something better than someone who's established in an industry. And I'm suggesting that at the very least you do that for your business. So while you're driving around in your car and you're having a really good customer service experience, perhaps consider how you can take that experience and apply some features of it to your own business. I can give you an example. Every single time I go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, I'm thinking of how can I automate a really streamlined fast food delivery, fast food pickup operation into my service-based business. And I'm always thinking of like, what are the steps of the founder of Chick-fil-A or whoever he hired to establish the operations and operational processes to streamline that organization and make it run like a well-oiled machine where every single person who works in the organization knows exactly what they need to do, when and how, and exactly what culture and experience they're trying to create. That takes a lot of time and effort, right? So another example is I was recently at my gym and I saw that the customer service reps had a unique title their job title that they had on their badges was not customer service representative it was this really cool job title that they had come up with that i thought really sounded more aligned with my company's culture and the experience i'm trying to create so i adopted that i changed the job titles for our customer service representatives to this other title that i found and that's an example of using or making ideation a part of your day-to-day -day life where you're constantly looking for areas of improvement and opportunity in your organization that could result in you scaling and growing, right? Once you make ideation a part of your day-to-day -day life, then I encourage you to 
get your leaders in your organization to do the same. Don't let them get in the habit of complaining about something not working or complaining about a process not being optimized. If it's within their purview, if it's within their division or department, then they should be looking for ways to improve it, right? They should always be looking at if there's a problem or if there's some trend in in negative customer feedback or something like that, or a trend in negative employee feedback about how something is being operated or run or processes being driven, then they should first, and you, if it's part of your what you're, what you're managing within your operations of your company, then you should be looking at how can, first of all, why, why is this happening? What's the problem? What's the experience? What do we want it to be? What would be the ideal process or experience that we want to create. And then let's compare where we're at, why there's a problem in the first place, to where we want to be. And then let's ideate and brainstorm ways that we can change that process or experience and make it one that will encourage more customers to buy from us, more happy customers, more people to be aware of who we are and what we do so that they come into the fold as customers. And that's, again, how you're scaling the operation. Another thing to consider in terms of scaling, right, when you're, when you're asking your leadership to ideate on a day-to-day basis, let's say that you have bottlenecks in your processes that are causing a lot of manual work then you should charge your leadership within that department to find ways that they can streamline those processes, reduce the manual work, and automate those processes. Because there's two ways to solve manual work. Either you hire more people, which costs more money and cuts into your profit margin, or you automate which means that you don't have to hire as many more people. You have happier employees because they're not bogged down by so much work. And then everybody's happy and you're scaling. Acquisition is my second tip. Well, there's two ways that you can generally scale in terms of acquisition or in terms of increasing sales. So you have you can you can scale with a combination of these two things with some nuances about each that I'll get into you can either scale in a with a combination of these two things or with just focusing on one so one is by driving more revenue from your current customers that means getting your current customers to become repeat customers And ideally, one of the nuances here is to get them to buy not only more from you, but to buy at a bigger cost to them or a bigger investment. Therefore, increasing your cost per customer, I mean, your value per customer, your lifetime value per customer or the annual lifetime value or the annual value that you're driving per customer. So that means, you know, how much money are you making per customer per year on average? And if you can drive that number up, right, then that is one way that you can scale by generating more revenue from your existing customer base. And the second way is by acquiring more customers. Now, when you're acquiring more customers, you want to consider two things, especially if you're acquiring these customers online in some way. 
So you want to consider your cost per acquisition or your cost per lead or your cost per ad. Those are those are oftentimes used interchangeably, although they do have different formulas and they're not exactly the same thing. But that is where you are learning what or you that's that's identifying what the cost is to you to basically get a new customer from your digital advertising efforts. So if you are spending money to increase the traffic on your website through ads or you are spending money to generate more leads, whether you're buying leads or whether you're you're creating lead generation systems that cost money to implement and maintain, whether you are paying for ad space on some other platform in order for you to acquire more customers, right? You need to know what that cost is. If you are spending more money or cutting heavily into your profit margin by what you're spending to acquire those customers and it doesn't quite add up with what you're making back from them, then that is not a scalable situation. So you want to consider what your what those costs are and try to drive them down, right? So another thing to consider with acquiring new customers is who is your ideal customer? You need to be very clear on who your ideal customer is. And that's the customer that's most likely to buy from you on a repeat basis, okay? So who, what does that customer look like? Where do they spend their time? How can you drive those costs down? That is, that is one way to, to drive scale with acquiring new customers. So again, you can scale by a combination of those two things by increasing the revenue you're getting from existing customers and driving new customers through customer acquisition. The cheapest way always for your organization is to get existing customers to buy from you because you've already acquired them. So you already have a connection with them and you're able to communicate with them directly, usually at a very, very, very low cost to you through email marketing or through text messaging or something like that, as opposed to having to you know, drive impressions using some other platform like Facebook ads or Google PPC or something like that, where you don't really have control over how many impressions you're driving or what the cost is per lead. Tip number three is automation. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. And I would say that this is when, this is, this is part, part of part two, because if you don't have those, those foundational steps in place that we mentioned in part one, I definitely encourage you to go listen or watch part one, but, um, Automation is really when you're ready to really ramp up scale. And there's some different considerations that I want to talk to you about in terms of automation that really do work together because there's kind of like, it's almost like a factory line. Think about manufacturing cars, okay? Let's say that manufacturing Toyota is on the factory line, right? Now, let's take this visualization and let's, now use scaling your product or service business instead. The first thing, the first step, right, is that you want to get more customers or you want to drive more leads. And those leads could be existing from your existing customer base as well. They don't have to be people who've never heard of your organization. 
They could be people who you've already talked to on the phone or who you've already sent a sample to, what well, depends on your business. But that first step is that lead generation. And what you wanna do is you wanna automate that lead generation. You wanna automate a repeatable, scalable system for bringing in more traffic, bringing in more prospects, bringing in more awareness for your company's products or services, as well as bringing in more, more hand raises from your existing customers to say, hey, oh, I didn't know you did that, or I didn't know you sold that as well, or hey, this is great. I love this product I bought from your product line. Oh, I should buy this other product from your product line. Those are, that's that lead generation, and that needs to be heavily automated if you want to scale, because Scaling means that it's happening at all times. It's, 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 it's got a life of its own, right? So again, we're back on the factory floor. This is when we're building that frame, right, for your Toyota. That frame is, let's say, lead generation. And you need to automate that process. It needs to be a scalable, repeatable system of bringing in more hand raises of, I'm interested in your product or service. The second part of the factory line is gonna be sales. So you've got the marketing engine and that lead generation system that you've created, building that frame for that Toyota. And now you need to make sure that there are people to in your organization available to talk to all of those hand raisers. Now, the hand raisers in the case of, let's say an e-commerce company is gonna be a little bit different because when you get someone coming in to, to an e-commerce platform, that's generally that first step is going to be that they buy your service. I mean, they buy your product. So they go onto your website and they buy your product. So that sales is not really going to be a part of a product-based business as much as it's going to be part of a, a service-based business. But let's say you have a service-based business, then you need to have people, communicators, who can talk to all those hand raisers. Let's say you have a thousand hand raisers and you have one salesperson. If you have one salesperson who has to talk to a thousand people in a short period of time, they're not gonna be able to do it. And they sure as hell, if they attempt to do it, not gonna be successful. It's just too many people that they have to deal with. So you have to scale up your sales process and it has to be automated. You can automate it and you can hire more people, but either way, automation is going to play a part in this because the people who are going to have to reach out to these people are going to need some way to streamline their their communications and tracking the status of those communications and conversations and same would go for if you are sending products out right you need to have someone who's being able to handle how many orders you have coming in the people in your sales team if you're dealing on the service side they need to be able to not only have those conversations, but successfully convert those people. And you want to find ways to automate that as you're scaling so that you don't have to hire too many people. Instead, you want to make it as easy for them as possible to be able to convert your leads into customers. And then the last part of the factory line is going to be that delivery. So now we are doing the interior of the Toyota. We're doing the finishing touches here. So the delivery is, is going to be automated by you thinking to yourself or considering how do we make sure that 
the process and the experience for the customer of receiving your products and services is how you want it to be and and is optimized because if you get a lot of customers coming in and they don't get their products or services or they don't get them in a way that they like then your scaling is not going to happen you're going to have sales go down because people are not going to want to continue to buy from you they're not going to be repeat customers or they're going to cancel their or ask for refunds what have you we've all seen that happen either internally or with other companies that we've watched where they have you know gotten all these people raising their hand and saying hey i want your product or service and then somewhere along the delivery process it didn't work out and now they don't ever want to buy from that company again and they want their money back and what have you so you want to find ways to automate that automate the actual processes around the delivery as well as the tracking around the delivery so if you're an e-commerce operation for example perhaps you need to know exactly every single time a piece of inventory leaves your warehouse you also want to know exactly how many refunds you got back how many items were returned how many items are on back order those are things that should be in some way automated or at least digital to the point where you can easily grab that information and that data and make decisions based on it whether it's to improve a process or optimize a system or just make a change in in a decision that you're making so that you can scale and increase that profit margin up. So the next tip is qualification. And qualification plays back into that lead generation and that customer acquisition that I mentioned in earlier tips. Because if you have a lot of hand raisers that aren't qualified, that aren't your ideal customer profile, then you're going to have problems scaling. You need to make sure that the traffic and the leads that you're generating are going to buy from you, okay? Because if not, then you're gonna be spending money to acquire those that traffic and those leads and those potential customers, and then they're not buying from you, so that's a cost. That's not, it's not a return on your investment. You're not getting that money back. And so scaling means that you're growing and the growing really does imply an increase in your gross revenue, an increase in your net revenue and a decrease in the costs and a increase in your profit margin. And so if you don't have customers that are qualified, then you're gonna have trouble scaling. So what does qualification look like? Qualification in terms of an automation means that you're going to make sure that the process of confirming that the people that you are bringing in are the people that you actually want, the people that will actually buy, you wanna automate that so that when they arrive on your website, it's very clear to them whether or not they should be there, that the ads that you're developing for your you know, digital advertising campaigns are clear in who you want to come in so that you don't spend money on people clicking your ads that don't Aren't, aren't gonna actually buy from you, for example. So this is this qualification process needs to be a constant thought for you. And you need to try to automate that as much as possible so that you can scale your gross revenue, your net revenue, and your profit margin. The next tip I wanna talk about is documentation. Documentation is 
part of building a system. So we could call this documentation and we could call this building a system, but let's talk about what that looks like. Because if you build a system, right, and, and let's just talk about what a system is. A system is the processes within your organization that you, that you continue to repeat for operation, operational purposes. So every single department, every single process in your organization is going to create a system. Everyone in your organization should be following a process in every single thing that they're doing, whether it be selecting a vendor, whether it be buying something for the company or on the company's behalf, whether it be reaching out to a customer, all of those things are processes that are, re that are repeating and a system needs to be built. But if you build a system, see, I, have, I hear a lot of people talking about building systems. If you have systems built in your organization and they're not documented, then who's going to be doing it? Just you. And if it's just you, how can you scale? You can't scale. You have to build a system from these processes that you've optimized. And then from the system, you need to document it so that everyone in your organization has a playbook for how you want those processes to be run. So yes, yeah, so basically what I'm saying is don't just build a system, make sure that you also document that system. And you make that documentation really accessible, easily accessible to everyone in your organization so that whatever they're doing at any given time in their day, they can just go see what that documented process looks like and step-by-step step what they need to do. If you want to learn more about how to establish a system, build a system, document a system. So the last tip I have for you today is building high profit margins and increasing your profit margins. So I've been talking about profit margins all throughout part one and part two of this series of how to scale your business and tips to scale your business. But I just want to leave it as its own tip here to kind of talk through what that looks like and some ideas and, uh, that I have around how you actually increase your profit margin. So you can increase your profit margin. Well, let's talk first. Let's talk about profit margin. Like, what is your profit margin? Your profit margin is the net revenue that you actually have. Like, what is the difference between the income you're generating in your business and the expenses going out. That is where your profit lies. And if you have an e-commerce company, for example, or even a service-based business, you should even know what the profit margin is for everything or service you're selling. So let's look at it from an e-commerce perspective. Let's say that I'm selling cameras. I'm selling cameras and the cameras I'm buying wholesale for $525. And I'm selling the cameras for $565, okay? So I've marked it up by $40. Now let's say that the cost for acquiring a new customer for these cameras is $30, okay? So now I've got $10 left. Now let's say that it takes 
one of our team members, I don't know, 10 minutes, which it would never take that long, but let's say it, it took a, a, a team member working in the warehouse, packing and shipping this camera. It took them 10 minutes at a cost to me with including the packaging, the shipping costs and everything. Let's say that it cost $15 to package, ship, and drop off this camera, including the labor time that I'm spending on the person actually packing this camera up and taking it to the post office or preparing it for pickup. Now my profit margin is negative five. I believe I did that math right. So that's not gonna work. There's one, one idea here in terms of reducing or increasing your profit margin, reducing your cost your cost of inventory, your cost of, of resources, people resources, your cost of packaging, your cost of shipping, your cost of storage fulfillment, your cost of delivery, your cost of follow-up sales, all of those different areas in your business, the cost of systems in your business, automation, software, where you all are working from, like the, the computers you're buying, all these things, these are all expenses. If you can find ways to keep those costs as low as possible, then that's going to help you maximize your profit margin. So one is reducing the cost of your inventory, the cost of goods sold, the cost of the assets that you're purchasing for your business. Another idea around building and maximizing your profit margin in the interest of scaling your business is to consider creating information products. Now, information products are wonderful and you see so many people killing it online with information products because the cost of production is very low usually and the cost of acquisition is low although that might be one of the higher costs in the grand scheme of things with information products. But then you have an automated, scalable, scalable product because an information product can be created and then sent out in mass, right? Whether it's a downloadable ebook, coaching in a group one-to-many format, those are things that you can scale out with very low cost. And so this is why I love information products. And a lot of times people don't realize how easy it is to come up with information products around what their core skill set is or what their products or services are. For example, let's say that you have this really killer product on the market, nobody else has it, and people are just loving this product that you have created and now you want to create a manual on how to maximize the use of this product and you sell it for five dollars and every time somebody goes to your store to buy this product it's a related product in your store that says hey buy the manual for this product for five dollars you can repeat you can create that manual once add it to your e-commerce store once doesn't cost you anything to ship. There's no cost of goods sold. All you have to do is add it as a related product. And now you just have this recurring revenue stream of something that you created once that cost you to, to create once. And then you never have to pay for cost of delivery or acquisition again.
So this is one, one reason why I love information products and why it's a great idea to leverage to increase your profit margins. And then lastly, making that passive recurring revenue. Information products play great into that, but even other products, non-information products and services can, can help you make money while you're sleeping. But if you can find a way to make money while you're sleeping, including considering what products or services you can sell that many, 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 many people want to buy, regardless of where they're geographically located, how old they are, how much money they make, finding a product that everyone can use or as many people as possible, and then making it an automated experience to identify that product, buy that product, pay for that product, deliver that product. The closer you get to that, the more you can scale your business rapidly. So I hope these tips were really helpful. I hope you enjoyed our two-part series on how to scale your business. And if you have any questions, make sure that you leave a comment. But more importantly, please let us know in the comments what you thought about it, what was the most impactful tip or tips that you heard, and if there's anything you want us to talk about around this topic in the future.